that. <laughs> but if I praise the Lord for that, one of them and listen to it. Do you remember the Kitchen, Mrs. Kitchens? Her and her whole family watches it on the TV. They put it from somehow or another, get it on their TV, and it comes right there on TV. But there's many people listening to it, and I thank God for it. The only thing that I really pray about, and I mean this from my heart, I never want the YouTube or the podcast to become somebody's church. Now, that does not take the place of church. And we need to meet with one another like the Bible said, but at the same time, there is many, many people that can't go to church right now. And so if we can reach them with the Scriptures, that's what is it's such a blessing to me. Uh, to, I was thinking about the messages. I Sometimes I'm... Uh, I don't like special day messages uh, necessarily, but uh, being that this is the first of the year, uh, I don't know about y'all, but uh, I don't even mean this. I, this this uh, guy, I can't never think of his name, the one that's in charge of medicine, uh, Fauci, Fauci, whatever he is, I have never seen one person that controls people's lives all over the world, not just the United States, but all over the world like that one man. And they're talking about, you know, getting, uh, you're going to have to have a card uh, that uh, proves that you've been vaccinated or you can't go anywhere, you ain't going to be able to buy. They're already talking about that kind of stuff. If you study the scriptures, uh, you'll find out that, that that's going to take place on this earth you're not going to be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast and uh, I wondered years ago as I preached on these things how could that happen I mean you know how could this come about Uh, I thought we had uh, level headed people especially in this country that wouldn't follow after something like that but just because of of a virus and we're going to let this one man dictate to us how we live and where we go and where we can't go and what we can't do and everything in the world. And I'm not saying He's the Antichrist because I don't believe He is. But at the same time, uh, He could be the forerunner laying the groundwork for the Antichrist to come. And the only reason I brought that and wanted to say those few things was uh, I want to bring your attention tonight. Uh, I believe Jesus is going to come. And I believe He's going to come soon. And I even pray, so come Lord Jesus. But I want to go back to begin with in Exodus chapter 12. One of my favorite portions of Scripture that I study a great deal and, and love to preach to and show people how to get saved under. But uh, I want to read a little bit now, so just stay with me. And let's read together, beginning in Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, Speaking to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speaking all the congregation will say, In the tenth day of the month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house, take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. 
Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. And you said, Let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. And I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, Against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whatsoever eateth leaveneth bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be a holy convocation. And in the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that whichever man must eat, that only may be done of you. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for it is this same, self same day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall you observe this day in your generation by ordinance forever. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at evening. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. For whatsoever eateth that which is leaven, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he be a stranger or a born in the land, you shall eat nothing unleavened. In all your habitations shall you eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of this house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through the, to smite the Egyptians. And when he see the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy son forever. And it shall come to pass when you be uh, come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he has promised that you shall keep this service. 
and it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean you this service? That you shall say, It is a sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped, and the children of Israel went away, and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house, for there was not one dead. Pray with me. Father, I know this is a long reading, but Lord, it all contains so many spiritual things that I pray tonight that you will help us to see the simple plan of your salvation, but not only the plan of salvation, but Lord, we do look for you to come soon, and I believe this has a lot to do with it. Bless us, we pray tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. As I was reading this, first of all, there's five great facts about the firstborn. The firstborn within the house was sheltered by the blood. Exodus 12 verse 13 says, And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The firstborn's safety, or salvation if you please, was not based upon their attitude, or their state of mind, or their own self-righteousness. The firstborn safety was based on the value of the blood on the house. God's everlasting of the blood was all that was necessary. Now watch this, please. God's value was the only thing that was necessary. We're saved not because of what we are, but because where we are. We're in Christ Jesus. Amen? Now you think about this. You know how people that come to me have said to me in the past, Preacher, I'm going to come to church and I'm going to get saved in church. Did you know it doesn't matter where you're at? You can get saved in a car, you can get saved in a hospital, you can get saved in a rest home, you can get saved anywhere. And that's what this is talking about here. Now I want you to watch it. The firstborn was condemned or doomed at death by God. Not because of his conduct, but because of his birth. He was the firstborn of his parents. Did you know the Bible said we're born in sin from our first parents, Adam and Eve? Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Wherefore is by one man, that is Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. I was listening to one of them. I started to say Democrats, but I wanted to say something else. But one of them Democrats the other day was saying that uh, these preachers that get up and say everybody's sinners. And they said, that's not true. Well, they don't have the same Bible I got because the Bible says that we're all sinners. Amen? Now, I want you to watch it. What made the difference is is God is the new birth. Are you born again? John 3 and verse 9. Now, again, I'd like to take that portion for just a minute and try to illustrate something to you. Let's take those two, let's take two boys of the children of Israel. Now I'm talking about 
the children of Israel. Now, I don't say people for just a minute. I'm talking about the ones that were behind the door with the blood upon the doorpost. But here's one house. <clears throat> Maybe let's put it in the same house. Here's two sons. One, he's nervous. He's walking around. He hears all the racket outside. And he's scared to death and he's walking around in the house. And here's the other one. He's set back. He's relaxed. He's secure. I want to ask you something. Which one of them boys got saved? Both of them. It's not by emotions. It's not by feelings. It's by doing whatever God told you to do. And God told you to put the blood on the doorpost. And if you've got the blood applied to you, and you can you can be nervous about going to heaven, uh, you can uh, sometimes doubt your salvation. But if you have applied the blood, it doesn't matter. You're saved by God's grace. Now, notice something else. The firstborn was assured by the promise of God. Now look at verse 12 with me. <clears throat> verse 12 says, And I will pass, now God's doing the speaking here, and I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and again all the gods of Egypt against, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. I laughed at Dr. Harold Sider one time. He said, you ought to go through the Bible and pick out that word token. God gives us tokens of our salvation. You know one of the greatest tokens? Somebody said, how do you know you're saved, preacher? Because I have the token of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? You know what a token is? It's proof that I'm saved. It's something that stands. And I have the proof of the Holy Spirit in me. Something lives in there didn't used to it. I know it's the Holy Spirit of God because the Bible says so. But I want you to watch this, please. And it thus shall be unto you a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now the firstborn then was assured by the promise. The blood made him safe on the outside. But the Word of God made him assured on the inside. Amen? Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Somebody said, how do you know you're saved, preacher? By the Word of God. The Word of God says that faith comes by hearing. I heard the Word. God gave me faith to believe in His Son. John 5, 24. Verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Now, thirdly, the people of God were made strong by the feast. The Bible said that Jesus is the bread of life. The body of the Lamb, here in this portion of Scripture, was made ready for the feast. The roasting and eating of the lamb tells us God has uh, condescended to feast with His people. Again, somebody said, How do you know you're saved, preacher? Because I talk to the Lord every day. I fellowship with the Lord. I read His Word. His Word talks back to me. We fellowship together. Amen. And when it talks about the body of this being roasted in the lamb, that's talking about God condescending down to this earth to feast with His people. 
And by the way, one of these days we're going to feast with Jesus at the supper of the Lamb of the King of Kings. Amen? As a bride of Christ. The sacrifice was not to be eaten raw or sodden with water. It was to be eaten with <coughs> bitter herbs and roast with fire. The body had to be put on a spit, uh, roasted, symbolizing the cross of Christ. Christ hung on the cross. Amen? The fire and bitter herbs speaks of the sufferings of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He has made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Now we need to learn to feast upon God's goodness and His grace. Will you turn with me for just a minute? I want to read you a portion of Scripture in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, and I'll begin to read in verse 26. Matthew 26, verse 26. And they, as they were eating, Jesus, took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I will say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Now, what this is all talking about, we need to learn to feast upon the Lord every day of our life. You know what I tell people that has problems in their life and, and they come and they call me or they talk to me about, Preacher, how can I handle this? <clears throat> you know what I try my best to get them to do? Read the Bible. Fellowship with the Lord. Let Him fellowship with you. Let Him speak to your heart. You know, I can go to a man and I appreciate good friends. And I appreciate good advice. And I'm talking about advice from good people that I trust in the Word of God. But you know what I need more than anything else in the world? I need to fellowship with the Lord every day. Fourthly, the way they were dressed made them ready to set forth at any moment. Exodus chapter 12, verse 11. And, there, and thus shall you eat of it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Every symbol here carries a special meaning. Fire speaks of judgment. Uh, broken, bitter herbs speaks of a broken heart. The girdle speaks of separation and service. Shoes speaks of joy and testament, doing for the Lord. The staff speaks of prayer. Those who have been redeemed by blood are identified as pilgrims and strangers. 1 Peter 2 verse 11 says, Dearly blood, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which was against the soul. We are to be dressed, in other words, and ready to go whenever Jesus comes. You know what I say a lot to myself? I'd love to be preaching when I die or Jesus comes. Wouldn't that be something? 
wouldn't it be something to be preaching a message like a little girl that came forward and, and you go down and, and you say, what you come for? And you sit, you're kneeling with them and you're taking the Bible and going through and telling them about Jesus and there He is. Wouldn't it be something? I'm telling you what's true. I'd rather have that happen than anything on the face of this earth. I want to live, what I'm trying to say is, I want to live prepared, prayed up, read up, ready. But I really believe this. Jesus could come any minute. And I want to be ready. And these people had to be ready to go at any moment. That God said go, they were ready to go. Now notice, the blood made them safe. The Word of God made them sure. The feast made them strong. The dress made them ready. Now, if, if you go through the Scriptures, vividly, they would be, to be in haste. This speaks of readiness, expectation. I was preaching here one Sunday and I said, you know, I, I expect Jesus to come any minute. I want to live that way. And I said, if you have that expectation in your life and you really mean that in your life, it will cause you to live clean. It will cause you to do what is right to other people. Because I'm going to tell you the truth, people. If I believe with all my heart that Jesus could walk through that back door any second now, I'm going to love you. Amen. And I'm going to treat you right. Because I'm fixing to meet my Master. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. This speaks of readiness and expectation. The attitude of a child of God, uh, we are to look for this blessed hope. 1 John 3, 3. And every man that had this hope in himself, in him, purified himself, even as he is pure. Nothing will keep a Christian separated from the world more than knowing Christ can return anymore. And this person said, I don't believe Jesus can come anymore. I said, I'm glad you said that. He said, what do you mean? The Bible said when they say that he can't come in the moment, he could come. That's biblical. I said, I'm glad you said that. Amen. Because that just makes him sure he is coming. Now, we should pray with John in Revelation 22 and verse 20. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. That's what I want. I used to listen to this song. I forgot who sang it. Wait a little longer, dear Jesus. And I've heard that so many times and I've even heard it sung in church and I, I, I don't want it sung in this church. I don't care who sings it for this reason. You think about it for just a moment. If Jesus waits one more second to come, think of all the people all over this world that's going to hell. But think if He came right now Think of the many is not going to hell. And that's why the Bible says, even so come Lord Jesus. Wait a little longer, nothing. Even come Lord Jesus. Man, I want Him to come. Hey, by the way, my, one of my big old grandboys the other day, that's a blessing. Now, that doesn't mean nothing to you, but that means everything to me. I mean, them big old boys. You know, it, you know, if you you get them in church and you lead them to Christ and they get saved and they go their own ways and they get married and have children. You think, well, I hope it took 
And then as they grow, and you see it did take, and they start doing what's right. Amen. There ain't nothing like that in the world. That's all I want for our church family. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, we're so glad we're saved tonight by Your grace and through Your shed blood. And as we see these people safe behind those doors with the blood upon it, and we see all those dying in agony behind those doors that didn't have any blood on it, Lord, we thank God for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and how it protects us from the devil and hell and the grave. There's no such thing for us. We look for life everlasting. And we pray, dear God, come soon. Bless us, we pray tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing something, please. Turn to page 79, please. Page 79. visiting this morning she said preacher I love my pastor and I left uh, he stood for the Lord all his years but I can't stand the way they're going with the music in the church and they don't sing out of the hymn books anymore and they don't sing out of the old time hymns and she said I just can't take it anymore and brother I told her and I mean it I love these old hymns amen and I love to hear God's people sing that little bounce along with a bunny, I ain't near. Uh, I'll just watch y'all bounce along. God's good, isn't He? Let's have a good weekend, Lord. Father, we pray that you go with us out of this place tonight. Watch over and keep us. Bless each one who said on the Word today and listen very attentively. And Lord, let the Holy Spirit deal with each of us now that we might be convicted and then surrender to you. And Lord, bless us as we go now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.